Hey, how you doing? This is Gospel of Kennison, uh, episode 125, brought to the week of March 28th, 2020. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal with special thanks to our patrons, Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt. If you'd like to support the channel, as they say on YouTube, even though this is just a podcast, you can do so at uh, patreon.com slash GOK. Well, anyway... I am uh, at home, like most of us are, and we've got the whole family at home, the dogs, the two kids, the wife, the wife's working from home. Um, You know, we talked about that last time, Uh, but I'd also like to just tell you about some things that I've heard that trouble me in the Christian world. Um, Seems like some Christians are being crazy. All right. I... I don't know. Maybe it's hard for me to say. I just think it sounds crazy. Here it is. There is a college um, called Liberty University. It used to be Jerry Falwell's uh, college. Now it is uh, run by his son, Jerry Falwell Jr. And it happens to be the college that DC Talk ran away from to go get famous. Uh, That's the only reason why I know them at all. But they have decided that they're not going to stop doing classes that, that, that they are going to continue and not comply with any of the requests. Also, there is a, uh, a thing with Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby has decided because the Hobby Lobby CEO's wife had a vision about the COVID thing um, that Hobby Lobby is not going to close and, and be safe. So here's my thoughts on that. First of all, I I think these people are disillusioned. And I think it's a shame for two reasons. One, because uh, it's bad for the people that have to work for them, you know, and the students that have to go to class now, you know, that that have to comply because uh, they have to have a paycheck or they have to, uh, in students' case, because they have to have a grade. Um, so it, it takes out the possibility of individuals choice to be able to obey, um, these, these requests from our government. Um, and secondly, uh, it, it, uh, makes us look stupid as Christians, I think. And, uh, there is a, there's a church in South Korea that a lot of people are blaming because they didn't stop having services that thousands and thousands of people. And they're saying that the outbreak was, uh, uh, exacerbated uh, a large bit thanks to those folks. And um, I am a person, believe it or not. If I have a uh, a wacky side to me, a crazy bit to me, I do believe that as time goes by, our freedom to practice religion um, uh, will be, uh, what's the word, um, infringed upon. I guess uh, that, that eventually we are going to fall out of favor with our government and with the people at large and gathering together in large groups of, uh, of people will be something that is um, no longer one of our freedoms. Now, I, I, I am that guy that believes that, but I do not see that at all in what's going on in the government right now. I see I do not see an attack from Satan 
trying to come against the Christian people, I just see uh, a lot of common sense requests and uh, a thing that, you know, is trying to unify uh, the the people of America to uh, de-escalate and to uh, try to try to slow down the spread of a horrible pathogen, you know, a virus. I, I see it as very common sense, you know, it just makes sense. To, to do what we're doing, to stay in the house, wash your hands, stay six feet away, restrict travel. These are not things that somebody is making us do just for the fun of it. And it's definitely not something somebody's making us do because they want to restrict the, uh, the, free, the freedom of worship. Um, lots of churches, majority of them, have, have stepped aside and said, okay, great, that's fine. We'll just do stuff online. And I am so glad I'm not a children's pastor right now because, my goodness, some of my children's pastor buddies are having to do children's church services and basically having to create an entire 45-minute to an hour video, uh, like a TV show almost, to to send out to their kids once a week. And that, I'm, I mean, I'm very glad I'm not a part of that uh, because that sounds like a lot of work and it sounds like it might not be, uh, you know, watched <laughs> by most of the kids or paid attention to. Definitely not the way the in-person kind of thing feels, you know. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I don't know. All I want to say is that what's happening, what's going to end up happening is these companies like uh, Hobby Lobby and like this college are just going to make us all look stupid. And and I hate that. I hate that a lot because there's a, most of us that aren't stupid and most of us are obeying the law. And the Bible is very clear that we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. And if if even if even if if and when there comes a point where the government or somebody says, "Hey, you guys aren't allowed to meet together uh in these big churches anymore." And you've got to stop meeting together. Um, there's going to come a point where we're going to have to stop, and we're going to have to find other ways to get together to worship. And it's going to have to be in smaller groups. It's just going to have to be that way. And we have to obey the rules as much as we can. And um, I think the things that these colleges are doing is just bringing that us closer to that every day because it's like. Um, that's going to be the first thing on somebody's mind when they say next time, Hey, uh, uh, remember how last time when the COVID virus came through that, that the churches and the colleges and the Christian run businesses didn't obey. Well, now we got to crack down on that because we can't trust them to do the right thing. Like all the normal people did. So, you know, now we're going to make special legislation and special, uh, commands just for them. And that's what I don't like. That's the part I don't like about it. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out there and 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 see how you feel. I know I know not everybody that listens to GOK is a uh, Christ follower. So, but I would be interested in hearing both from the Christian side and from the uh, seeker side or the non-Christian, non-church side of people. What do you think about my thoughts here? Am I way off? Am I crazy? Do you get it? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Do you feel my frustrations? Do you worry the same thing that I worry? Um, 
you know, I don't sit around fretting about this. This isn't like something that I carry around with me and worry about all the time. But when I think about it, man, it gets me huffed up because it's like, just obey the rules, be the example, you know, uh, be the first one to do the right thing and, and, and be a leader in that way. Um, I mean, that's what our church did. We have our little, little group of kids that we were bringing in. And as soon as we, you know, heard about this regulation about not 10 or more collecting together, we had to stop. And yes, it's heartbreaking. And, and yes, we just got started and it's going to be hard to get maybe back up and running again, but we're, we're finding ways to obey the rules and still make contact with our kids. Like my, right now, my wife came down and she said, wouldn't it be neat if we just got little care packages together for the kids. And so we're going to do that. We're going to get some snacks and things like that and put them in bags and then go knock on their door and put their, put the bag down in, in front of the door and leave, you know? And, um, and that way, you know, that th- we're not making direct contact with them and, uh, we'll make things sure that everything obviously stays, uh, you know, sterile and, and blah, blah, blah. As sterile as anything they would get at Walmart or the grocery store anyway. And, and we're not, we're not breaking the rules, you know, we're just, we're just letting people know that we still are thinking about them and we still care. And, uh, just like you would do for the elderly or whatever, our, our target is these kids. And I think my wife's awesome for wanting to do something like that. So there are ways to, to, um, to do it and obey the rules. I just think people really believe that it's literally the devil, uh, or the forces of the enemy coming against them. And that's the reason why they act the way they act. And that's why I struggle to say that they're crazy because, um, they are very, they're very convicted and they believe what they believe. And if I believe that I would have to act the same way, but I don't, I don't believe that. I don't see it as the enemy coming against us. It's not the forces of the antichrist or whatever. It's just a horrible, horrible thing in and of itself. It's a bad deal. It's a virus that is ripping through America. And now we have more of it than anybody else, uh, in, in our country. Um, and I guess eventually all of us will get it at some point, but, um, it, I don't know. I don't know. It just, okay. So let me change subjects. I'm watching a new TV show. It's called the last man on earth. It's on Hulu, I believe. Uh, yes. Cause Hulu is, uh, it's one Hulu. I don't watch that often, but my friend Christian Sudreth said, you know what? If you're looking for a new thing, uh, try, try, uh, last man on earth. And, and it, it was frustrating for a little while because I hated the guy that was the main character, <laughs> but you're supposed to, it's kind of like when you first watch the office and you have to get kind of used to Michael, uh, and the way he always screws everything up and does the dumbest thing possible to make himself the most awkward you know, in the world. And once you get over that, you can really enjoy the show. Or if you can't get over it, you can't. Um, that's the way, uh, last man on earth is for me. Uh, I was trying to watch Brooklyn nine, nine. A lot of people had told me that it was funny. And, um, they told me that it was just good as community, that it was right up there with parks and rec, that it was right up there with the office. And I'm telling you, those are, those are the highest. Those are the funniest and the best produced shows. And I'm just not getting the laughs at all out of Brooklyn nine, nine. It is not my thing at all. Like I, I even like a lot of the people individually in it. Um, I'm maybe not the biggest Andy Sandberg fan as far as his comedy goes. Um, 
but uh like a lot of the side characters are good funny people it's just not a funny it's just not funny to me i don't i don't find myself laughing or being entertained and so uh i'm glad to have found last man on earth and i'm into season two already there's four seasons so that's good you know i got a little bit of a little bit of time this the episodes are short that's the only thing you know without commercials and stuff they're pretty short but at least I've got something to, to keep me from being bored. I've also been drawn in my sketchbook. I got a sketchbook here. It's an old moleskin book. And I say old because um, I bought it a while back. Like I want to say probably in uh, 2015. And I drew it. I, <clears throat> I bought it to draw in. And I never drew in it. Because it was too nice. I paid too much money for it. I realized that. And uh, I didn't want to mark it up with a bunch of weird doodles and sketches. But what I did do is I got over that. And I started drawing in it. And I've been drawing um, just random characters and uh, bananas trying to do sit-ups. And cartons of milk and spiders holding guns. And I, and I, I remember talking about this before. But I also found a website online that uh allows you to see photos of different parts of the anatomy um don't get too excited it's stuff like hands and feet and uh you know things like that and and you can set how much time that you get to see these items and then you got you try to sketch them and so you could choose anything from like 15 seconds all the way to you know an hour or something like that and so i have been doing hands and different different versions of hands because I love hands. I think hands are so amazing. Just just I mean, just take your hand right now and make like a claw shape with your hands, and look at the different angles and the different shapes that your different fingers and they're they're all bendy and and at weird angles. And imagine trying to draw that. Well, that's what I like to do. I like to take that three D and make it into two D, and it's difficult. And then yesterday I drew. A, a little mini Buzz Lightyear with a big giant head. And that means automatic cuteness. And my kids both liked it. Um, so I've been doing sketching and I've been doing podcasting. I put out uh, chapter eight of uh, sort of kind of superpower just uh, about about an hour ago. And um, we're getting close to the end of that. There's only eight, nine, 10, 11, three more chapters left in the book. And then that phase of my life will be over and we'll have to see what people want, you know, if they want more. Um, I have been kind of running through my head a, a, a second book, a second story, rather. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. It's going to be tough because it's a lot easier becoming a hero, you know, to write about that than, than to write about being a hero, especially when you're a sixth grader. And, um, especially if your mom wouldn't really be into it. And that's the, that's the whole thing is I just think that after the story is over, his mom is going to be done with all of this. And he's, he's got this really tight relationship with her and they're really cool with everything. Um, and so I don't know whether to preserve the relationship or to, to kind of strain it or, or outright destroy it. I don't know what Joseph would do. Um, he seems like a kid that would respect his mom, but also he is a middle schooler and, um, being a superhero would be pretty cool. So I don't know. 
I don't want to spoil the end of the story, obviously, by getting too much into the second uh, thing. But it is it is a big, heavy question in my mind is like, how would I write the second part of this book or the second part of this story? It, I don't even think of it as a second book. It's the second part of a story. How, how would I continue it? Um, because I played it kind of safe with the first one. I really wanted to make it believable. Like a kid just happens to be on a, on a field trip and, and he happens to find a pin and the pin happens to be attracted to him and happens to, um, give him powers that he can't really use out outside of his house. It doesn't change his life drastically. It just, it, 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 it does kind of, I mean, I don't want to give it away if you're not listening to it but if you are listening to it then you know um that it hasn't really rocked his world completely and it hasn't done anything that would be fantastic or uh fanciful or uh, of a fantasy nature um it's it's main he still maintained real life and i tried to do that i don't know if that's what you're supposed to do but that's that's what I went for in my story is I wanted it to be, uh, I wanted it to be fantastic, but I wanted it to be believable. Um, I kind of think about it kind of like, uh, what's the movie unbreakable unbreakable to me was an example of a superhero movie done that way to where it was believable, um, where like it would happen to a normal person that never knew they had powers. That's how it would have to go is, is an accident that showed that he, he had uh, a super he- healing factor or something like that. But even so nobody would question it because it just, maybe he was just the lucky guy that just walked away from the accident because people have heard about that kind of stuff before. And then, you know, then he tests his, his powers out and, and um, matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have gotten a little bit from that because uh, they 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 did the weight training um, stuff, kind of like in that story. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> point being, chapter eight is out, and I've only got three more chapters left, and I'm kind of nervous because it, are people going to want more? And if they are, am I going to be tough enough? Am I going to be able to to put out? another story and be able to think it all the way through. Am I creative enough? Am I good enough? Um, and, and, and should I even worry about it or should I just do it? You know, and I want it to be realistic. I want it to match the first book. I want things to flow from the first series to the second one. I would want, um, there to be no plot holes, you know, so to speak. And if there were any in the first one, I would want the second one to kind of answer those. Um, and I don't know what new characters to bring in, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, no, no, notably in my story, there's no girl. There's always a girl. You know, if you look at Earth to Echo, uh, it's a it's a good little movie. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of like E.T. Uh, on bicycles. Uh, but Earth to Echo it, it, they they somehow get a girl in the story and um i've always i was impressed with that because it's very obvious that they 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 made it happen um even though in normal world it wouldn't probably happen a group of boys would just go out and have a group of boys uh kind of like stand by me 
when they went out to see the dead body. A girl just didn't magically appear in the story, uh, but it kind of does in Earth to Echo. Um, but they did it in a way that made it seem possible. Uh, and, and, and Earth to Echo was also another story I would say was believable in, in the way that, uh, so many stories like, uh, uh, stranger things, there's so much disbelief that you have to suspend to watch, uh, stranger things. And here's what I'm saying is that there have to be parents that don't care about their kids. And that part always bugs me because I know that there are parents that don't care about their kids. And I know it's the 80s and it, it was different back then, but it really wasn't uh, as as loose as they let it be. Because in, in Stranger Things, some kid will come home the next day and, and the mom will be like, well, you didn't come home last night. Yeah, I was over at Bethany's and we were having fun. And but Oh, okay. That's not real life. That's not the way it works. And I don't want that stuff in my story. I want, I want realism and I want realistic type of stuff. And, um, earth to echo did that in that, um, all the kids pretended to be at each other's houses and then they got one night to go out and be free. And instead of, uh, days and days of, 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 of freedom to go out and do, you know, whatever they needed to do with a demogorgon, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, Anyway, that's enough about uh, topic number two, which is my stupid book. Uh, people are downloading it, though. Let me let me pull up some stats here uh, to kind of share with you what's going on. Because I, I look at SoundCloud all the time. That's where I host all of my media. And um, I host it there. But that means all my shows are kind of mixed in together and I have to locate them and find them. So the introduction that I recorded before episode or chapter one has 293 downloads. Um, so uh, obviously not everybody is is watching or listening to the introduction. That most folks are skipping to chapter one because it has 539 downloads. Chapter two has 393 downloads and see that that bugs me and i'll tell you why in a minute um chapter oh i went backwards instead of forwards hold on chapter four has 309 uh did i say chapter three has 305 309 um and uh chapter five has 153 chapter six has 157 uh, chapter seven has 101, uh, or 111. And then chapter eight already has, uh, 15. Let me refresh that and make sure it's the latest. Yeah. 15. So the number's going down, obviously 500 and some odd, um, on the first chapter. And then, uh, on the second chapter having so, so few, uh, let me find it again. Chapter two has 393. Uh, that means there's 200 and some odd people that decided they didn't want to continue with the story. And then, and then in chapter three, uh, we got, what'd we say? Uh, 305, not a huge drop there. So by the time chapter two hits, people have decided that they want to listen because chapter four again was, uh, 309 which is actually a little more than chapter three. I got to figure that one out. Maybe somebody stopped and started it a few times. I don't know how it counts it. Um, but then chapter five, it drops down to half of that. So 
I don't know. I don't know if it, if we can call that successful. I don't know if we can or not. But the numbers that um, you know are are there now. Uh, 111 for uh, chapter seven, which was released seven days ago. That's that's the number of people that are listening currently. You know, um, and tracking with the story. It's definitely not 500 and some odd people. Um, but maybe they're taking their time. I know one guy, he was on Facebook and he says, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the whole thing. And that way I can listen to it all at one time. And that's fine. You know, I, I can understand that. Uh, the average episode is about 13 and a half minutes long. Uh, chapter eight turned out to be almost 20 minutes, um, because we're, we're gearing up, you know, for the finale, I guess. Um, but anyway, chapter eight. Chapter eight is out and it's, uh, it's, a it's, a, it's not a great chapter. <laughs> it's just a, it's a chapter that moves the story along. Uh, it, but it, but it's out and, um, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what we want to do, uh, after chapter 11 comes out and the last bit is done. Um, I may release a, um, uh, an afterward kind of thing, kind of like I did the introduction. I could do a, an outro kind of deal where I thank people for listening and, and talk about uh, the special features because there are special features. If you go to sort sort of kind of superpowered.com, it'll take you to the NLCast website, the part that is dedicated to the book. And um, you can scroll down and see uh, character illustrations highlighted down there at the bottom. And then you can scroll down and there are a series of posts that show uh, drawings. Now, after the book is finished, I will probably start posting these up on uh, Facebook because I have uh, illustrations of some of the heroes and um, uh, the book. And then I also have uh, a, a chapter or a post about uh, secrets. And I, I call it sort of kind of secrets and stuff. Um, about the names of characters that changed and locations and blah, 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 blah. So just kind of cool factoids. And I doubt anybody's ever even come to see any of this, but that's okay. Um, let's see. I've talked about drawing, talked about uh, everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still... Uh, uh, but I, I still worry about the, the virus thing. Um, you know, I, I watched a video, uh, by a, by, by a biologist and he said that, um, that 50 to 70% of the population needs to get it before things calm back down. Um, and then that would be considered a, a good place to be. Um, you know, and, and, and he said, the other deal is that viruses just grow and grow and grow inside of a body until, you know, until you're immune, until your immune system kills it. And so that kind of helps me think about it that way, that, um, he also talked about that viruses, the virus could be on your clothes. It could be on your hands. It could be on your face and, and stuff like that. But until it gets in you uh, through droplets, you know, like your eyes or your mouth or something, that you're fine. 
and that, uh, you know, these people that are covering themselves with plastic bags and duct tape and wearing masks and, and wearing gloves and stuff, they're not really doing themselves any favors because you have to wash the gloves just as many times as you wash your hands. And, uh, you know, you can cover your, your mouth with a face mask, but that's mostly protecting other people from you and your mouth spit, your aerosol, so to speak, than it is anything else. And, and one photo I saw was a guy literally in trash bags and duct tape and he had the mask on and everything, but then he just had his eyes out. And I'm like, the one part that is the most susceptible and you've, you've done nothing to protect it. You ought to at least put goggles on like swimming goggles. That would, that would do it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just in a weird place where I'm speaking out of complete ignorance. Okay. But here's the where I here is where I am. I just I just want this to get done. Is is that is that selfish? Is that me not thinking enough of others? Um, or am I am are we all just kind of thinking that 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 let's just get this done? If it's coming, come on, you know. But but I'm I'm at the same time I'm kind of freaked out because the biologist said that. You know, since it grows and grows and grows until your um, immune system kills it, that that is so dependent on each individual's immune system and how much it grows depends or, you know, dictates how sick you are when you get it. And, you know, Lord knows I don't want to die. I just want to get sick and get it over with. And I feel like for me, I don't know why I think this, but I just kind of assume that I will get sick with the flu and I will cough and I will choke and I will, you know, sleep and, and have a fever and the whole thing. And then it'll just pass. I don't see myself as one of the people that'll go to the hospital and need a respirator and, and all this kind of stuff. And I don't see anybody in my family as being in that situation either. Um, so as for me in my house, I'm ready for us to just have it blow through here. Because I don't think we're going to cause a problem with anybody. We'll keep ourselves quarantined. We'll do what we have to do to to keep others from our, our ickiness. Um, so I guess that's why I, I say I'm just ready for it to, to do what it's going to do. Because I don't know what it's going to do. And I just want it to do it and get it over with. Because it's going to be what it is. You know, it, There's no changing that. Um, so I don't know. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. What are you, What are you thinking? Are you doing everything in your power to keep it at bay? Um, are you obeying all the rules and regulations? Um, are you trekking out to to Target, you know, every other day to get stuff? I I don't know. We are. <laughs> we are. We we went out to dinner actually uh, at, at uh, Texas Cattle Company, and we pulled up, and they came out and brought it to us. We took it home and ate it. You know. Um, so, you know, in, in a way that's safer because we're not sitting in there touching menus and, and silverware and all this kind of stuff, but, but people still breathed all over our food and, and touched it and packaged it and brought it out, you know, and, and all that, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So are we overreacting and could we actually still be eating in restaurants and things like that? Or, or are we doing what's right? One thing I know. I heard from John uh, Steinklobber, he used to work for the CDC, and he said that the things that they are doing now 
um, are not decisions that are being made on the fly. These uh, regulations and, and the things that are coming down from Washington were things that were decided upon years ago uh, by committees of people that have run uh, these tests and, and these scenarios. And so uh, I, that actually brought me some comfort too, knowing that, you know, this kind of stuff was planned for. And that, that, that's why they are asking us to do what we do, which ro- ro- rotates the whole thing right back around to why I'm so upset with the people that aren't doing right. Um, I, I was on Facebook and one of my friends, uh, I won't use her name, but she works at a family dollar as a manager and she lives in um, the, the uh, African-American community and she was frustrated, she says, with people that aren't obeying the rules and um, that it's just, and that would frustrate me as well. Anybody that's not uh, staying home and, and staying uh, practicing social distancing, as we say, you know, that would frustrate me too. And um, I'm just interested to see how, when it does come, who, who is most affected? Do, do, do the rule followers, do we get, uh, do, do we get it just as bad as those who have, have uh, not distanced themselves and have ignored the government? Or are we going to somehow benefit because, you know, maybe we, st- we still get it, but we don't get it while majority of the country gets it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I understand is the big fear is that we don't want too many people getting it at one time because then it would overwhelm the hospitals and the medical uh, situation would be, you know, out of control. I don't know that much. I, I've just, I haven't watched the news. I don't watch the news. It's, it just stresses me out. Um, but I, I watch videos online of, like I said, professors and people that I think are very smart and that aren't very emotional about it and just speak about it as, as if it were, what it is, which is just a simple virus that just happens to be coming through. Um, I did see something funny though on fa- on uh, Facebook that said, uh, "Whoever said one man can't change the world um, never ate a uh, 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 undercooked bat before, or something like that." I don't remember exactly what it was, but oh, whoever said one person can't change the world never ate an undercooked bat. So. That was on on uh, Twitter actually, and uh, so that's that's pretty funny because that's what they say it probably started as was somebody eating a bat and and um, uh, you know it had to start somewhere. So I'm not blaming. I'm not gonna go there with the the whole Chinese virus thing. I think that's horrible, horrible that anybody would say something like that. I mean, it came from China, it started there, but it would have started somewhere. You know what? So it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big old, uh, a big, it shouldn't be made an issue of, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I'm not, I'm not a, a big fan uh, of our Presidente. Um, I, I told you I don't talk about politics very much, but I, I will talk about people. And um, I think he is uh, a terrible person. Uh, just as far as his morals and 
just the, the way he handles himself. He's not he, his bedside manner as president, so to speak, is is terrible. You know, he he's not uh, uh, very uh, well spoken. He 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 bur- bl- blubbers out at the mouth and and makes mistakes all the time because of it. He reminds me a lot of a person that I know in real life that's just the same way. And and by the way, this person loves the president and thinks everything he does is wonderful. And of course he would because he's just like him. Um, so I know the personality type. He he's a boss. He he is used to um telling people what to do and having them answer to him in a certain way because they have to because he pays their paycheck but politics doesn't quite work that way and it's more like what i had to deal with as a pastor when you're dealing with volunteers you are dealing with people that don't have to answer to you right away like they do if you paid them and you can't fire any of these people even though i know he's fired a bunch of people but um I mean, the, the, the man's morals obviously are, are, are out of balance and, and, uh, you know, all that. Uh, but at the same time, I am not, uh, a person that is horrified that he's our president. Okay. Now, um, I think that he's done a good job in a lot of ways. And, uh, even though I don't get dive deep into politics and like I said, I don't talk about it very much. Um, I, I don't think he, I, I think he would be better than Hillary would have been. Okay. So that's where I'm at with that. But, um, do I think he's a good person, uh, is the question that comes down to. And the answer is no. Um, do I think Hillary was a good person and is a good person? I, I would say no. Um, and that's kind of how uh, it's as far as that's as about as deep as I get into politics is, you know, are they a good person? And the answer to both questions was no. And um, so one of them had to win. And so every time I see him do something stupid, every time I hear about something ridiculous, I'm just like, well, you know, it wouldn't have been any different. It would have just been on the other end of the spectrum. It just would have been on the left wing side. And Hillary would have been doing things that um, that a lot of people thought were dumb. You know, it would have just been the right wing side freaking out instead of the, the, um, press and all this. And I don't know, we lived through, uh, we, we lived through, uh, George, um, and we lived through Clinton and we lived through George again, you know, and, and, uh, Bush, I mean, and, and we lived through Obama and we we will live through this, you know, in, and, uh, uh, I'm just like I said earlier. I'm glad to know the CDC has is running things. Really, really, you know, they're doing their job, and and all the president has to do is sit there and and say yes at the right times. So um, I guess that's it. I guess that's about it for me on this episode. Um, I wish I had a little bit more to talk about because when I'm talking, I'm not bored. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but anyway, I, I don't want to get into huge political debates about anything. So please don't bother bothering me with, with that. If, uh, if I said something you didn't like, that's fine. Just, let's just, let's just still be friends. Um, it's just the way I've decided to think about it where, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't see anybody that's anti 
him getting annoyed by me, but I, I would see some pro uh, Trump people getting mad at me. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I don't care to defend him. I, I don't care to uh, put him down any more than I have. I just, I would just say that he's just, he's, he's a decent leader. Um, uh, he's just, he just, uh, doesn't know how to lead, um, where it's not a business, you know, where, where people's feelings and, uh, their opinions matter. Um, he's just not real good at, at, at getting people to like him. I guess. And, and that should be important because Reagan did that. Reagan had, you know, he was right wing and he was very right wing and did a lot of things that weren't, you know, great and did a lot of things that were, but he knew how to run that television camera. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, Trump is so dang cocksure of himself that he turns off a lot of people. And I run my life in a different type in a slightly different way where I don't pretend like I know anything. I actually try to un, un, underwhelm you um, and then over deliver rather than what, what people like Trump typically do is they over promise and under deliver. I under promise and over deliver. So I, I try to get your expectations low and then I try to do the best I can to supersede those low expectations. Um, and I think that's a good way to run things. Of course, that's why, of course I would, because that's how I do it. But, um, he, he, he kind of over speaks and then under delivers is, is what I would say, um, uh, about him. And, um, to answer your question, yeah, I voted for him, um, because I didn't want Hillary in there and, and I'm not particularly proud of that vote, but it, it kept Hillary out of there. And, uh, so there you go. Now, now you can unsubscribe <laughs> or subscribe based on that. And, and, and just, but that's one part of me. Nobody has known about. So there you go. If you, if you want GOK, that's it. I'm not particularly proud of my vote, but, um, you know, it, it kept Hillary out of there and, and I, I just saw nothing but madness lying that way. And, and I saw madness lying the, the way it went too. And it, and you know, it's been there. Um, but I don't hate Trump. I, I just don't think he's a great person and I don't think he's, uh, his personality is, uh, great for the job. You know, I think he's just too rough around the edges. I think he's too sure of himself. I, I think he's, um, he, he does himself a lot of harm. Um, by just not being quite as he's, he's too careless, you know, and, and there's people that love that about him. I, like I said, the person that I'm talking about that, that loves him to death, loves that, loves that, loves that. He just, he just fires off at the hip and just, you know, the heck with everybody and the way they feel. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not that way myself in real life. And so, um, I, I wouldn't care to have a president that's that way, but whatever. We'll see what happens. I'm very interested in, in 2020, what happens. I'm very interested in, in seeing who America votes in because the pendulum swings and it, and when it swings way far one direction, 
it usually comes back and it swings way far in the other. And I think that's why we got Trump is because we had a very liberal, very left wing president who was, uh, you know, uh, was what he was. I don't, I really don't know much about the man, to be honest. I didn't follow, uh, I don't follow it very much. Um, but he, he seemed to be a good moral person, you know, and had his head on straight and he was very well spoken and he knew how to work a television camera the way you're supposed to. And he, he had good bedside manner and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know how much I agree with him on his, you know, his stances on things. Cause I don't, I don't follow it, but, um, but we, he was by most people's accounts, very left wing. And so the response to that was to go way the freak over here and Trump had a chance. And so now I expect it to swing way over, but it may surprise me. America may say, Hey, you know what? We're most of us are, are uh, good down home people and we're going to vote and we're going to put Trump in there another term and it and the heck with all y'all, uh, you know, even though the media would make it sound like the majority of people hate him, um, you know, the, the, most of America did vote him in. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would, would I vote for him again? That's, that's a good question. I don't know. It depends on who's running against him and what they stand for and how scared I would be of them, <laughs> to be honest. So I am, I'm, I'm not somebody that would call myself uh, a straight up Republican. Um, I'm definitely not uh, on the liberal side of things, but I am a compassionate uh, conservative, uh, meaning that I think we should take care of people. I think we should care about folks that are in, in having bad times. Um, but I also don't feel like we should give out handouts to people that are abusing it. And I've seen a lot of people that need help from the government. And I've seen a lot of people that abuse help from the government. So I would like to see someone that would still want to help and have a heart for people, but would also have the common sense to say, let's work on it so that we can do the most good. And for the folks that are just using it and, and, uh, and, and it's actually holding them back from being what they want to be. And I guess I'm talking about welfare and social security and things like that. Um, you know, the people that it's actually hurting and holding back, let's, let's change something, you know, and make it different than it was. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know much about politics, like I said. So, uh, there, that was your bonus content for this episode. It's James knows nothing about politics and shouldn't ever talk about them because I, I'm not a fan. Um, it's a bunch of drama. It's a bunch of, uh, and, and, and honestly, I, I haven't really seen how a president has changed my life. And I'm talking about since the first one I ever voted for way back in the nineties. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen my life positively or negatively altered by who is in the white house. Um, I guess that would be a totally different story if I grew up with where there were, um, well, I guess we have had a couple of wars and stuff like that, but I'm talking about like Vietnam style wars and, and things like that. Um, so I don't know, again, I'm, I'm talking out of my butt right now because I don't know much about the topic and, uh, but I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go and I'm going to leave you with this. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you and your family are safe and I hope you're practicing social distancing and, uh, washing your hands and all that good stuff. And I hope that when it does hit you, if it does, that you are, uh, you, you come through it quickly and safely and, uh, get your immunity built up. And I hope we can get back to, to normal life soon. Um, because there's a lot of people missing out on a lot of good stuff. I mean, my, my brother is worried about his paycheck. Uh, you know, the economy is, is going to be in the toilet if, if it's not already. Um, it's, it, there's a lot more at stake, uh, you know, cause I, I don't know what scares me most, the virus or the effects of the virus. And I would probably have to say the the effects of the virus scare me more than the virus itself. So I just hope it blows over. I, I kind of just want to be at the other end of it and see what happens and, and be done with it. And, um, that, that I welcome your input on where, where are you at on that? Do you, do you want to take it slow and let, let it play out as long as it has to, or are we ready to get this thing over with? And, um, you know, I, I mean, I've got a, an elderly person that I care very much for, uh, call her granny. And I think she has a crush on me and, um, I go and help her whenever she needs help. I've helped her, uh, with some pretty significant stuff actually. And, um, and, and I, I would hate it if she got it and, and cause it would kill her. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So I don't, I don't say that I want to get it done with, you know, flippantly, um, but there is a there's a part of me that just wants this to to all be over and done and and let's just deal with the consequences. Uh, but I believe my my lady's gonna be safe, so Granny's gonna be fine. She's not gonna get it. She's she's bunkered in. She's lice on everything all over heck, and uh, she is definitely social distancing <laughs> to the point. This is terrible. <laughs> but I told my friend David. I said, I, I kind of want to go down there with a gas mask on one day and open the door and be like, it's got us all, Granny. Stay alive as long as you can. And then just slam the door and leave, you know, have snot running down my face and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and of course, I would I would come back in and say, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, it's, just a, it's just a dark part of me that just wants to have a little fun. <laughs> but it's terrible. Just pray for me. Because uh, I am a terrible person. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, oh, you know what? One more thing I wanted to do, and I'll do it right now, Dad Gummit, is uh, let's see. I, here, here it is. I wanted to thank our patrons, okay? Because you all matter. And um, Aaron Huey, thank you. Carrie Bernhardt, thank you. Carrie Wright, thank you. Chris Tipton, thank you. David Booth, thank you. Janusz Strispek, thank you. Uh, Julianne Peterson, thank you. Lucas Kirk, thank you. Miranda Jones, thank you. Peter Chapman, thank you. Ryan Greer, thank you very much. Um, with with special thanks, of course, to Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt, who head up that list uh, as far as how much they give each month. It is uh, mind-blowing to me that anybody would do anything for this goofy little uh, podcast. Um, but you do, and it means a lot. If you would like to pledge an, a certain amount a month and help, uh, if you like what you hear 
and you want to keep it going, uh, patreon.com slash GOK. Uh, we'll see you guys next time and God bless and, 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 and stay safe and healthy and we'll get through this mess. Bye.